Well, for some weeks now, we have been on the subject of growing up. And uh, I've been excited about this, but I believe that it's time for us to make a change. And uh, actually, it is a progressive thing. It's building on the previous series. Uh, go to our text that we've looked at in Ephesians. Ephesians, what chapter is it? Four. Four. Good. Y'all know where we're going. And then also, would you find Matthew 16? Two openings. Ephesians 4, Matthew 16. In Ephesians, we've been seeing that God gave gifts to men. He gave the five-fold ministry gifts here in the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. He gave them for the perfecting of the saints, for the growing up, the developing, the completion of the saints. Verse 12, for what? For the perfecting of the saints. What else? For the work of the ministry. Are the apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors, teachers supposed to do all the work of the ministry? No, they can't. It's too big. No way. No, the saints are supposed to do the work of the ministry. And that's to result in what? For the edifying of the body of Christ. Edify means build up. The building or building up of the body of Christ. You and I as believers are supposed to grow up. We've been in that for weeks. The whole church is supposed to grow up. And be built up. And edified. Now go to Matthew please. Matthew chapter 16, and this is what we're going to begin today. Matthew 16, verse 13, 16, 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And you know, that is the big question. All the nations and peoples of the world, their eternity is determined by who they believe he is and what they do with that understanding. You know, there are religions that include Jesus and acknowledge him as another prophet. That's unacceptable. He did operate as a prophet. In fact, he operated in all the fivefold ministry gifts. He had the spirit without measure. He operated in all of it at once. <laughs> he did. The apostle. The prophet. No, there's nobody on earth that's the apostle besides him. If they are an apostle, they're an, A-N. Right? There's nobody that's the prophet to the church in the earth. Jesus is the prophet. If anybody is a prophet, they're a prophet. Are you with me? But Jesus was and is the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, 
the good shepherd pastor, the teacher. And notice this. They said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And that's what we just got through talking about. He's not just one of the prophets. Then he said to him, well, but who say you that I am? And that's what it boils down to. You know, Jesus didn't defeat the enemy in the wilderness. You know, when he was tempted and he was pressed and pushed, he didn't say, well, we believe over at our church. Huh? Rabbi so-and-so teaches. This is what we believe at the synagogue. Hmm? No, what did he say? It is written. What does that mean? This is what he knew and what he believed for himself, what he's standing on. It doesn't work to say, well, you know, this is what we believe at our church. Well, now, what do you believe? What do you say? See, people hide behind all this stuff. Hmm? For numerous different reasons. Well, I hear that uh, y'all believe in that speaking in tongues over at your church. Well, you know, that's what they teach. <laughs> well, is you or ain't you? One of us. Hmm? I hear y'all believe in being rich over there. Hmm? I hear y'all believe in prosperity and all that stuff. Y'all that blab it, grab it. <laughs> Claim it, name it. Bunch. Well, that's, you know, they teach some of those things over at the church. <laughs> now, what do you believe? What do you believe? Hmm? I know uh, when I was in Bible school, a friend of mine was going to, he was getting more degrees beyond what I was doing in theology. And so I was interested to talk to him about some subjects that, you know, because he was getting advanced education and I wasn't getting. And so I asked him about a particular thing and I was looking at studying. And he said, well, we had a lecture by Dr. So-and-so and he stated that such and such and such and such. He said, but we had read a book after do- other Dr. So-and-so and he stated such and such and such and such and it was different. He said, but on the other hand, we had heard previously from Dr. So-and-so. And he said such a different yet. And he went on and on about it. And I said, okay, all right. And I said, fine. I said, what do you believe? He looked at me like I'd slapped him. He said, well, I mean, I see some merit in Dr. So-and-so's position. But I also see some merit in other doctors. I mean, they were complete opposites. But I also, while he's talking, I thought, man, I hope you don't have to stand on this anytime soon. Because you, you don't know what you believe. You're not ready to handle anything. Now, what do you believe? Well, some say he's a good man. Some say he was a prophet. What do you say? Your eternity depends on the answer. Hmm? Who do you, no, see, they said, well, some say this, some say that. He said, 
Who do you say I am? This is Jesus looking you in the eye. Who do you say I am? Hmm? Verse 16, Simon Peter. Numerous occasions he got his foot in his mouth. Because he was too quick to talk. This time though, he got it right. He did good. He was the first one to pipe up. He just said it bold. He said, you are the Christ. You are the anointed one. You are the son of the living God. That's who you are. (laughs) Well, there's only one of them. Right? And he said, you it. Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Hallelujah. And I say also to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, what rock? What have they been talking about? The revelation that he is the Christ, the Son of God. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. That's our text for our new series. And I'll give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you shall bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you shall loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he charged his disciples that they should tell no man that he was what? Jesus the Christ. The anointed one. That was the revelation. That was the issue. And that he is the rock that the church is built upon. Can you say amen? He said, verse 18, you are Peter. Now, Peter is a word for rock or stone. It means a a detached stone or rock, like a stone that could be thrown or a stone that could be removed. You might say rock. You are rock. But upon this rock, now that's a different word. And it means mass of rock, like the rock of Gibraltar. It means like foundation slab, rock. not a rock you can throw, a rock you build a city on. On this rock, this foundational rock, what rock is that? He is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We're beginning this morning a series we're talking about the church. The church. Is the Lord interested in the church? We're going to talk about what is the church and the purpose of the church, the will of God in the church and through the church. I believe this is something near and dear to the master's heart. What's he interested in? People have got all kind of ideas what they want to do with their group and with their local 
church and this and that. But Jesus sees the church. The whole church. And it's his heart. And it's his purpose to build this church. And he's building something that the devil can't stop. Oh, glory to God. He's building something that all the power of hell cannot overcome, cannot stop. Glory to God. The church. Jesus is building something. And you're a part of it. And I'm a part of it. And we're not supposed to just come in here and sit in the chair for a few minutes and check the box and say we went to church. No, no. We are the church. And not all the church, but a part of the church. And the Lord's building His church. And we want to be right in the middle of what He's doing to build the church. And you and I ought to be thinking every time we come in here and every time we go out and all through the week, what is God doing with us? What can we do? What is our part to build the church? To advance His kingdom and build His church. Can you say amen? I'm believing that revelation is coming to us. Will you believe with me? Not just today, but in the days to come. That we will see this thing the way the Lord sees it. We will feel about it the way he does. It will be in our heart the way it is in his. And it will be a priority to us just like it is to him. Now this is closely associated with what we did some months ago on the kingdom of God. Hmm? We camped on that. And we stayed in that. That helped me. I trust it helped you. Spending time in the Word about that. And it goes right into this. And of course you and I growing up. Why do we need to grow up? Why was God interested in growing this church up quickly? Why? Well we're already beginning to see some inklings of it. So He can use us to do what? To build His church. To build it. Glory to God. They used to sing an old song called Working on a Building. You ever heard that? Working on a building. Well, Jesus is. Let me read this to you from another translation. The Amplified says, Matthew 16, 18, we just read. He said, I tell you, you are Peter. And the Amplified gives the difference in the two Greek words. Petros, a large piece of rock. Or it's a piece that you could pick up or move. And on this rock, Petra, a huge rock, like Gibraltar, I will build my church. Who said it? What did Jesus say? If he says something, can you count on it? What did he say? On this rock, what rock? Now you got some people try to tell us that the church is built on Peter. I don't think so. (laughs) Thank God for Peter. I respect him. Looking forward to meeting him. Hmm? But I think Peter would tell you in a minute. Oh no, no, no. Church ain't built on me. Jesus is the foundation. Can you say amen? 
Too many other scriptures talk about Paul said, other foundation can no man lay than what is laid. What is it? Jesus. He is the foundational rock. He is the platform. Now the church is not built on Peter or his descendants. It's built on Jesus. And Jesus said, on this rock, on the rock of the Christ, on the rock of myself, he's saying, I will build what? My church. Listen to those words. What did Jesus say? I will build my church. Is he interested in it? Is it important to him? Are you and I part of this? We are a part of what he has built and is building. And then we're to jump in and help him. Let him use us to continue building his church. Other things are going to rise and fall. All the governments of this world are not to endure. Hmm? How many understand in the days to come, there will be no nation of this, a republic of this. There won't even be a U.S. of A. Thank God for it. You know, I'm blessed to be a part of it. I believe in my country. I'm a patriot. But in the days to come, there won't be any U.S. of A. or any other nation or country. There will be the kingdom of God. That's it. And the church. The church is going to be the rulership. The government in the kingdom of God. The church. The Bible tells us that you and I are going to rule and reign with him. We're going to judge angels. You. Me. The church has a high place. In God's plan. Can you say amen? Amen. Jesus said I will build. My church. Say it one more time. I will build. My church. When Jesus says something like that. I'm telling you. You can count on it. I will build my church. And the gates of hell. Or the gates of Hades. The powers of the infernal region. Shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it I like that and if you look up the word you'll see that that's all the Amplified's doing is amplifying the meaning or bringing it out the gates of Hades and the Bible said the devil had the power of death but he's been stripped he's been defeated And the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, shall not overpower the church. How many believe that? Shall not be strong to the detriment of the church. And shall not be able to hold out against the church. The gates of hell, the powers of hell, the powers of darkness and him who was the Lord of death shall not be able to overpower the church. Not now. Not tomorrow. Not ever. Nor will the powers of hell, the gates of hell, be able to be strong enough to deter us and to our detriment to tear us down. Can't defeat us. 
and can't be strong enough to be to our detriment to tear us down. Now I like this too though. Nor can the gates and powers of hell be able to hold out against us. Now that's something else. And this meaning is here in the Greek. What does it mean hold out against? That's us taking ground. That the power of the enemy had. That's us, the church, taking nations and taking tribes and taking peoples that had been held in blindness and darkness and were locked up and shut up and caged up and gated up. And those gates will not be able to hold out against the church. We will come through it. And we will do it and take it and all the powers of hell will not be able to stop us. Glory to God. 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 Oh, thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. I wrote something down and I, yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm so excited about it. You'll hear it again and again. I I saw something as I began to get into this and meditate on this and pray about this. I knew it, but I didn't know it like I know it now. And I wrote it down. The devil fears the church. Oh, I don't think you know fully what I just said. I mean, he is terrified of the church. He doesn't want anybody to know this. Too late. (laughs) He doesn't want anybody to know this, but he is terrified of the church. Why? It has already been declared By the head of the church. That nothing that he has. Can stop us. Jesus the king of kings. And lord of lords. Has already decreed. And declared. That the gates of hell. Shall not prevail. Nothing the devil can do. Can stop us. Can hold us back. Can hold us down. Nor overpower us. Jesus said it. His word cannot fail. The devil knows this. I saw this. I'm going to read this to you now. I saw this and I wrote it down. Panic overwhelms him, the devil, at the thought of what the entire body of Christ could rise up together and do in the earth. When he thinks about what the entire church of the Lord, the entire body of Christ could rise up together and do in the earth, panic overwhelms him. Does that bear witness with you? So what does he do? What does he do? He works nonstop. To split us, to divide us, to keep us ignorant or confused about who we are or what we can do 
Hmm? Because he fears us. He fears us. He fears us. When he thinks about the body of Christ, the church of the Lord, raising up as one man in the earth and what we, God could do through us, panic, waves of panic come over him. The devil has a panic attack. He's the Lord of fear. Has he sown fear? Do you reap what you sow? Waves of panic come over him (laughs) when he thinks about and realizes what the church of the Lord could rise up together and do in the earth and do with him. What could we do? We could shut him down. We could push him out of every nook and cranny and stop his operations and maneuvers. And it would be like there was no devil. He'd still be here, but he'd be like behind the plate glass looking in. Not able to manifest, not able to do anything. And he's a control freak. And for him to have no control and no ability to manifest, panic just overwhelms him. That's why Jesus prayed that we would be one. Huh? Why? Because only as one can we do what he's called the church, the church, the church to do. Go to Ephesians and look at this. Y'all have any witness about this direction? Glory to God. Glory to God. Ephesians. Did I tell you where? Did you pick it up? I'm so excited I lost my place here. (laughs) Did you get that picture of the enemy? Being afraid. Do you believe that? Man the tables are turning. See his whole deal. Is deception. Keeping believers scared. And when he loses that. And we realize. He's scared of us. Things are going to change. I said things are going to change. Instead of us going. Oh, I think they have a spirit. Oh, I think a witch moved into my apartment building. Oh, God, y'all pray. Oh, y'all pray. Pitiful. Means the church don't know who they are. They're afraid of us. We got no reason to be afraid of them unless we want to live like them and believe the stuff that they believe. How can you curse whom God has blessed, the scripture said. If we obey him and we live for the Lord, we should have no fear of any work of darkness. We should know they're afraid of us because we have, Jesus said, all authority, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Now you go. In my name, you cast out devils. You lay hands on the sick. 
in my name. The devil is scared. Started to say spitless. (laughs) So I did. Scared spitless of the church. I mean, I knew it, but I didn't know it like I know it now. I saw it. I saw it. You know, the Bible said, resist the devil and he will back talk you. He will backhand you. He will slap you and say, I'm the devil. (laughs) Don't mess with me. No, resist the devil. I'm reading the Bible now. Resist the devil and didn't say he would get his stuff and get ready and go. No, he will flee. Flee. You know what flee means? Flee means run like you are scared out of your wits. To run from as in terror. Why hadn't we got? He's afraid of us. He's afraid of us. He's particularly afraid of all of us together. That's what causes the panic attack (laughs) to hit him. (laughs) One believer is one thing. But all of us hooking up together. Us realizing what we can do together in the earth. That's what causes the panic attack to hit him. Said out loud, he's scared of us. The devil and all his cohorts. Are scared of us. Believe it. Well then you shouldn't be scared of them. The Lord. Colossians says. Has delivered us. From all the power of darkness. That's all the power. All the control. All the authority. Did he do it? Did Jesus. By partaking of flesh and blood, did Hebrews say, he destroyed him that had the power of death. Did he do it? Yes, Yes, he did. And he rose up triumphant over death and he said, I got the keys. I got the keys. And here he said, I'm going to give you the keys. I'm getting happy about this. I've got the keys of death and of hell. He said, I'm going to build my church on this, on Christ, the solid rock, the Messiah, the anointed one, and this revelation. I'm going to build my church. How many know what he does is forever? I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell. The authority of Hades and the devil and darkness will not be able to overpower it, will not be able to stop and deter it, and will not be able to keep it from coming through. Every one of those things. Say it out loud, we're coming over. We're coming through. Look out, devil. (laughs) We're coming through. That's in your own personal life. That's with your family and your community. In the world. In the earth. Ephesians 4. So y'all just worked up. Yes we are. 
And we make no apologies for it. But it's not based on hype. It's based on truth. Eternal truth. You know the disciples were one of the first to discover this. Jesus had been casting out spirits. And commanding diseases to leave. And speaking to wind and waves. He had been doing it. His disciples followed him around. And if you remember reading in Matthew 10 or Luke 9, he called a staff meeting. Remember that? And he looked at them. He said, I give you power and authority over all unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. Now you go. And I'm sure after he said that, I mean, they've just been following him around, watching him. And I'm sure after he said that, they probably looked at one another and thought, did he say what I thought he said? Did he mean that? But then they went out and acted on it. And you remember then they came in ecstatic and excited. They said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your name. He said, yeah, I saw Satan fall like lightning. (laughs) He said, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and nothing will be able to hurt you. Glory to God. (laughs) That's the glorious church. That's the church empowered. The church authorized. The church. Against which the gates of hell cannot, shall not prevail. Isn't it sad that for so many generations, Christian churches and peoples have huddled in corners, haven't they? In fear. And even tell one another, oh, don't say that out loud. The devil might hear you. Oh, I don't want to antagonize the devil. I got enough problems. People, Christians I'm talking about, well, you just never know what might happen to you. Don't say that out loud. It bothers me. Mm. Superstitious? Oh, you didn't walk over that mirror, did you? That that threshold? What's, throw some salt behind your back, quick. I don't want to hear of any faith life people doing such ignorant stuff. You're a believer. We don't believe in such ignorant stuff. Oh man, you broke that mirror. Hmm? You didn't open that umbrella inside the house, did you? Oh Lord. Ignorant. Ignorant. (laughs) The list goes on. Paul told a group of people one time, he said, I have seen you are entirely too superstitious. What's he telling them? You need to get saved. But churches have been so ignorant and just huddled in fear. And all they could say is, oh, Lord, come quickly, please, please come quick and get us out of here. We're so scared. The devil said he's going to come get us. Jesus, Jesus, get us quick before the devil gets us. Christians are scared of the devil by the hundreds of thousands and millions, aren't they? 
they're superstitious. They're afraid of this and afraid of that and afraid of the other. It's sad. When we're not supposed to be hiding in the corner and huddling and whispering to each other for fear of the enemy. We're supposed to be a light. Up on the candlestick. Up on the hill. Unashamed. Unafraid. Bold. Full of courage. Full of faith. Because we know. He's afraid of us. He's afraid of us. Now in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Verse 1. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. Beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. With all lowliness. And meekness. With long suffering. Forbearing one another in love. Now why? Verse 2. Why? Verse 3 says what? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond bound together in peace. Verse, Go back to verse 2. Would that affect that? We're not haughty and puffed up and we're not short-fused and impatient and short-tempered. Huh? We're not making issues out of unimportant things. We're not becoming stuck that, you know, we can't get along with you because of this. We are lowly and meek. We're humble, long-suffering, patient, kind. Forbearing means putting up with each other in love. Does this sound like keeping the love command, the New Testament? Why, of all the things the Lord could have told us as the commandment, why did he give us that? It's who he is. He is love. It's his will. It's his way. But among other things, it's the only way the church will be able to stay together. And do what we're supposed to do. Hmm? It's a commandment. And it's required. It's the only way we'll be able to get past our ignorance and our petty differences or our significant differences and stay together. If we love each other, we'll stay together. No matter what. Hmm? If we walk in love with each other, we put up with each other. Hmm? We're long-suffering. We don't think we're better. We're not haughty. We're not proud. We're humble. And we love each other. And we forgive each other. And we believe in each other. And though it might not be comfortable, we might not be having fun on a particular day or a week. We believe we'll get past it. Right? But we'll stay together. Why? Because we are together. And we're going to be together. Forever. We're the church. We're the church. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 4. There is. How many? One body. And. One Spirit. Even as you're called in one hope. one hope of your calling. Keep going. One 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. One. 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 Well, then why are there 900 different denominations? <laughs> and 8,000 splinter groups and churches of 50 that can't stay together and split and go across town and start another one. Cause the devil's at work. Hmm? And he know his strategy, and oh, it's been working all too well, is divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. What did Jesus say? A house divided against itself. Didn't say the gates of hell won't prevail against it. He said it won't stand. A kingdom, a nation, a house divided against this division. I can see further and further. The Lord gave me a charge some time back. He said, you are to have no strife in this ministry. None. I have a charge from him. None. Zero strife. Not, not much strife. Zero strife. He told me this. He said, strife is the manifest presence of the devil. And can you see it? Have you seen it in your few years? I mean, the devil is always trying to get something started, isn't he? He's all the time trying, whispering to this one and whispering to that. They think this. Uh, they said that. I don't think they like me. I know they don't like me. No, 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 no. Well, I just don't appreciate. They don't appreciate me. They don't appreciate me. They don't acknowledge my gift. We're gonna go start our own. Over and over and over. Why? The devil is scared of us. He does not want you and me to get together and pool our faith and pool our resources. In just four years, God got me and you together. You and your neighbor. And the things that the Lord has done through the church, I couldn't have done them. You couldn't have done them. But us together, us together, see that's what the devil's scared of. He's scared of this. What if 10 million of us got together? What if just 10 churches like us, just 10, got together and pulled our resources? What could we do? What if a hundred of us, hundred churches like us got together? Well, see, the devil knows that. He is scared spitless of this. And so he is working night and day to ensure that we don't get together. Or that we don't stay together as it is. How many churches have you heard that split? Huh? And split. And split. Used to run a thousand. Now they got 150. Hmm? I talk to people every other week about this kind of stuff. Used to have a hundred. Now they got ten. Well, the Lord's just purging us. And no. No, I'm sorry. No. No. Something's wrong. Bible didn't say God's tearing his church down. 
What's he doing? Building. Building means increase, advance. Well, somebody didn't like that. Well, I'm sorry. That ain't the will of God. For a church to go from a thousand to a hundred has never been the will of God. Or from a hundred to ten, never been the will of God. No, it's not. I'm sorry. It's not. Well, we were so spiritual, other people couldn't keep up with us. And so God's taken us to a special level. Special deception. Special ignorance. No. No. Lord, help us. No. God's building his church. And the big stuff. Oh, come on now. The big stuff is only going to happen when we get together. The biggest miracles, the greatest accomplishments, the greatest advancements will not be done by you and I alone. It'll be done by us together. The Lord through us together. Can you see this? Now, this is what I got burning on my heart. Can you believe with me as the days go by? And the weeks go by for utterance on this because I'm just stepping out in faith. I'm feeding myself full of scripture on it, but I'm stepping out by faith. And God's taking us somewhere. And I believe what he could do with us and with somebody else could be a catalyst. Hmm? To some other areas and some other things. Do you believe it's the will of God for his people to get together and stay together and work together? For husbands and wives to stay together. And families to stay together. And churches to stay together. And the kingdom of God to stay together. The church. The church. The church. Jesus prayed. That they all may be one. Even as I. You and me the father are one. He wouldn't have prayed it. If it couldn't have happened. And if he prayed it. I believe in his faith. I believe in his prayers. And it's been centuries and we haven't seen the fullness of it. So it's about time. I said it's about time for the fullness of it to transpire. Glory to God. Glory to God. One, while we're here, let's finish on this note. What is the church? I want to begin to give you the answer, one of the first items here. What is the church? Jesus said he's going to build his church. What is the church? Technically, if you look up the words, a church is a gathering. The word's also translated assembly. An assembling, a gathering. It's from the word ecclesia. A gathering or a calling together. Right here today is a church. Hmm? We came from all our different places to one place. Hmm? You didn't come because I called you. I didn't come to Branson or come here this morning because you called me. Who called you? Who called me? Then God called you from Nebraska and Minnesota and Africa and Argentina and Mississippi and Tulsa 
huh, and wherever, from all different walks of life, he called us Amen. to come together. Didn't he? A gathering, the, the secular use of the word, was a gathering of citizens. Did you hear that word? Yes. A gathering of citizens called from their homes into some public place. The general usage of the Greek was, it was based on citizenship. Citizens were called together. Glory to God. Well, that's true here too. Because the Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. We're all citizens of the same kingdom. Our names are on the same roll in heaven. Glory to God. And we are the called out ones called together together. Can you say amen? amen? And that's why the book of Hebrews says... Hebrews 10.25, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Even long ago, that long ago, people were laying out of church. There's nothing new. And people were, now get this, I mean, this is centuries and centuries ago, people were saying, well, now I just believe God is everywhere. And I can worship God just as good at my house. As I can going down there to that church house. In fact, I feel closer to God here in nature than I do amongst those hypocrites over there. I just feel better. Well, you don't know the Bible. Or if you do, you don't care. God has a purpose in getting you and me together. Oh, are you beginning to get this now? No, there are things that only us together can accomplish and can do. And me staying at home and you staying at home won't cut it. It's not going to get it. And if we're not willing to come out and get together, then it's not going to happen. He said, don't do it. But exhort one another. And so much the more as you see that day approaching. The NIV says, let us not give up meeting together. As some are in the habit of doing. But let's encourage one another. The New Living says. Let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do. But encourage and warn each other. Especially now. That the day of his coming back. Again is drawing near. Especially now. We got to get together. We got to get up and get dressed. And come to church. Right? We got to get up and come on out. And hook up together. And not just show up together. But be ready to pray together. To believe together. To give together. To get this thing done. To work together. To serve together. 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 Oh are you getting this now? One would put a thousand to flight. Two would put two thousand to flight. Oh. Oh. What? Well one plus one is two. Now, see, that's what the devil's scared of. He knows when God adds us together, it ain't one plus one equals two anymore. It's multiplied tenfold. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God. What is the church? 
Ephesians 1, I'm just going to read this to you in closing. Ephesians 1, 22 says, He has put all things under His feet and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all in all. What is the church? The church is His body. So the terms are can be used interchangeably. The body of Christ is the church of the Lord. The church is the body. We're going to observe communion today. Right? And the bread represents the body, doesn't it? And we're going to discern the body of Christ, his physical body that was broken for us. And by his stripes we're healed. Thank God. But we're also going to discern the spiritual body of Christ, the church that he is building. We're going to love our brothers, right, and our sisters. We're not going to look for things to fuss and fight about. We don't care what the denomination is, what the background is, what the culture is. Are you with me now? We are not prejudiced. We are not prejudiced against any denomination or against any group. Am I right? No. If you love God, you my brother, so give me your hand. You know what we used to sing? I care not what church you belong to, as long as for Christ you may stand. So we want to open ourselves. God's doing something here. We're going to open ourselves. Now, we're not going to compromise the Word of God. We're not going to lower the standard of righteousness. But you don't have to be perfect for us to love you either. And you don't have to believe like we do on everything for us to love you. And work together. Maybe we're not able to work in this area, but we can work together on this area. And God will teach us how to do this. And show us how to do this. And the devil's got trouble. I said, he's got major problems on his, the thing he has feared the most (laughs) has come upon him. Stand up on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.